This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach Jacobs. this bitch <laughs> asking a hypothetical question right let me set this shit up um ladies and gentlemen what's going on this is the negro league podcast i go by the name of preach jacobs we are sponsored by mo better soul you can get 10 percent off your next order at mo better soul dot com or type it in code negro save 10 percent on your next order we got some really fly shit we got some really dope Run DMC shirts on there, designed by my homeboy, Dre Lopez. What up, Dre? I'm actually wearing the Run DMC shit right now. <clears throat> and uh, we'll have the links in there and all, all that good stuff. We're also sponsored by Tussie. Tussie, Tussie, Ooh. We're also sponsored by Murray's Pomade and Sporting Ways. All the stereotypical black shit that we had while we was kids. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I missed a couple of weeks, man. I... Nobody's beating down my door saying they missed the show or anything like that. But yeah, you know, nigga been busy, man. It's holiday season and and niggas is working. You know, we gotta do shit. We gotta gotta pay the bills, keep the lights on, all that good stuff. And um, it's the holidays, and holidays sometimes can just be a lot of shit, you know. And you just don't have time to plug in your microphone and talk for thirty minutes, and hopefully people will pay attention to it. But I feel like I'm in a good place. I'm in a good space. Um, I had a few minutes. I'm doing this at nighttime. It's like 10:45, um, and I wanted to knock this out and put this out, you know, for you guys the next day or whatever. Because I know it's been a while, and I know it's going to get even crazier because Christmas is coming. So this is kind of like the holiday special, yay! You know, um, damn, what's been going on? Ah, it's, I mean, outside of the work, like I've been writing a lot. I've been working on some music, and and I hopefully have some new music that's coming soon. Um, I don't want to keep saying that shit and it don't come out because then I sound like a fucking liar. But um, I got some shit that I'm working on, so just you know, be patient. And everybody's been listening to the podcast and been supporting, and people that's been buying the shirts and shit. Like like y'all have really really been helping out. So if you want to support a black business, please go to mobetasoul.bigcartel.com. Um, and cop something, man. You know what I mean? Like nobody's getting rich off of this, but it's it's really dope to have that extra <laughs> that extra income and seeing people wear your stuff is really, really, really dope. Um, what's some cool shit that's been going on? I don't know. I can't remember the last time I was here. What the fuck was I talking about? Was it was it one of those sad, sappy episodes? Or was I depressed? I remember after um <laughs> recorded one of them, my homeboy Waters. What up, Charlie Waters? He's like Yo, man, you good? <laughs> right? That's the that's the universal love language between dudes, right? It's either that or we insult each other. So it's like, you know, the more guys say mean shit, the more caring we are of each other. And and the other end of it is like, yo, you good? You straight? Like, that's that's like an I love you from your homeboy. Like, you straight? It's like, you hungry. You know what I'm saying? Um so I don't know if it was the last episode or a couple of back where it was just a rough fucking time. Like I was just, just not feeling it. But I recorded it anyway because uh, let's be honest. Like a lot of times when you do stuff like this, it's just you trying to figure it out, right? It's like there was this saying that I read where it's basically like you know when when 
when I'm when I pray, I'm talking to God. When I meditate, I listen to God, right? And so one of those things is really important. It's sort of like free association writing or free associative writing, whatever it's called. And this is kind of how I do the podcast. But the idea is basically this, is that with free association writing, even though I might be saying this shit wrong, the concept is basically you just get on your, your laptop and you just type. Let's say you say, I want to write five pages straight. And you just start writing. And the trick is you don't stop. You don't look back at what you're trying to write, you know, the self-editor that's in all of us. You just let it go. And the way our brains work is that if we're just letting it fly, at some point, your subconscious takes over. And then, bam, you get to say all this amazing, crazy, dope shit that you didn't, you didn't think you could do. Because you're, you're stuck in your conscious world. You're stuck in the, the brain of yours that's always, like, trying to look cool. You know what I'm saying? That's half the time that's what we do. Like we try to look cool. Like nobody wants to be honest, right? Like the more I believe some shit somebody tells me, the more embarrassing it is. So if somebody's late for work and like, oh well, you know, I had to save a kid who jumped out of a building and all that type of shit. I don't believe it. But if you say, nigga, I had the worst case of diarrhea ever, yo, <laughs> like yo, I feel you. IBS, nigga. Like it's just really kind of hilarious. But but I said all that to say is that. A lot of times, we don't know how to meditate. You know what I'm saying? It's like like we meditate with these preconceived notions. And the preconceived notion that we meditate in is basically we say, I, I got this thing I want to get off my chest. So let me sit down and close my eyes and think about this one thing that I want to get off my chest or just run my brain through. And here's what happens. Your brain goes all over the place. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to think about, you know, I don't know, your job or something or, or money or, or a situation with some girl and your brain starts thinking about, you know, <laughs> a different world intro. You know what I mean? The one with Aretha because the song just pops in your head sometimes. So you just go all over the fucking place. And what we do wrong is we keep trying to force our brains to stay on that subject at hand. And the reality of it is I just let it go. Like when you meditate, or at least when I meditate, what I was told that's been the most helpful is wherever your brain is going, let it go there. So you might have an attention that you want to start off with, but if it runs somewhere else, let it run. Like, let the ADD or ADHD take course. And what will happen, more often than not around seven minutes in, it'll start clearing up, and then you're going to start analyzing and coming to you know conclusions that you wouldn't have done on your own if you would have just tried to just you know stay on that one thing because even when we try to meditate or even when we try to pray like I don't know I had this thing when I was a kid where you know I'm black and baptist right black baptist guy growing up in that type of family we we that god is a scary ass god black southern church god is scary as shit you know Maybe, I don't know, <laughs> maybe it's like I would watch stuff when I was a kid. Maybe the Catholic church stuff is scary, not just the priest, but like, you know, you'll hear the music and it's like, oh, yeah. like this shit sounded scary. And at least like we had like Mahalia Jackson, nigga. But the black Baptist church God was terrifying because like you was just scared of everything. Like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to do this. Oh, my God, I want to do that. Oh, my God, I want to say the wrong thing. You know, even the idea of like 
nowadays you go to some of these like progressive churches and motherfuckers be wearing like blue jeans and a t-shirt and I'm like, what the fuck, man? What's going on? You know, like I grew up in a culture where it's like you put on your Sunday best because, you know, somehow God wants you <laughs> with a bow tie, right? I say all that to say that I kind of got out of that traditional path of praying because there was a time where I was trying to sound good for God, right? Like, you, I'll be praying, and I'm trying not to curse, so I'm trying to do this, trying to do that. And then I, and it dawned on me. I was like, you know, if I'm talking to God, and I think the word damn, and I say, and I say dang, wouldn't it be kind of, like, wrong to try to not acknowledge that God is all-knowing? Like, if you know that I want to say damn, just say damn. And so I have this weird approach with praying that I don't think a lot of people understand, where it's like, I don't pray like your traditional, you know, prayer for, for for dinner and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, I, I talk, and I say what I feel, kind of like this, and I use whatever kind of language I want, because I feel like if there's a place where I have to be 100% honest and blunt and and out there exposed with all my flaws, it can't just be my fucking podcast. Like it has to be my relationship with God, you know? And that's helped, you know what I mean? Because it's like, it helped me kind of not bullshit even when you're by yourself, because you try to make yourself sound fly, you know? Like, you ever have an incident, you ever get in an argument with somebody, and after y'all get in a fight, both of y'all got a mutual friend, and everybody gonna try to tell the story <laughs> to make them sound better? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's that's why they're saying there's three sides to the story. It's your side, it's that person's side, and the real story, you know what I mean? And it's sort of like... I kind of want to get away from that as much as possible. Like, I kind of want to be like, all right, you know, this is where I fucked up. Yeah, this is where I was kind of shitty. Yeah, this is what I don't like. You know, it's helpful. You know, it's sort of like, I think I talked about this a little bit in the last podcast, and I ended up writing an editorial about it. It was sort of kind of like this editorial that I wrote where it's basically saying, you know, the Takashi 6ix9ine shit where it's like, he's the hip-hop artist or the rap artist that the culture deserves right now. You know, like, like that type of craziness, hurricane, no nuance, all this, you know, wild shit that's going on. Um, that's our culture now. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's just how the world is. Like how many times we look at a video of somebody getting murdered on camera, um, which is traumatic. And that fucks with us in a different way. How many times we go to World Star and somebody get punched? How many times, you know, we want to see a nip slip and it's like, you know, you have the president for that generation, you know, media driven or, you know, social media driven and, and doesn't really care whether or not you're truthful or you're honest. It just cares that you're popular. Right. Like I was watching this documentary and um, it's basically, it's a vice documentary. It's about, you know, the financial crisis where the, the housing market kind of just collapsed. Right was 10 years ago. And the fucking crazy thing about it is, while this whole thing was going on, it was the same time that we were going through a new presidential election, right? So you have all this other crazy shit going on with just your your election cycle. But then on top of that, you have like a situation where we can go to a, a Great Depression, right? And it was just like, it was funny because like I'm watching it and it's basically like these people were just kind of gathering around and they're basically like, yeah, 10 years ago, this is how 
close everything got to us just completely, completely losing everything. And they talked to Obama in the middle of this documentary. They talked to George W., which is kind of funny. Like, W. has kind of... If there's anybody that's kind of improved their self-image, and I'm not saying this is right, but if there's anybody that improved their self-image, it's, it's pretty much W. Bush, right? Like, like for Trump to be just so bad, just kind of in comparison, we're looking at George W. Like, he's so cute. It's like, you know, when when H.W. Bush passed away and they're at the funeral, they're like, oh, my gosh, George W. gave a piece of candy to Michelle Obama once again. <laughs> you know what I mean? And... And Michelle even said, like, you know, I, oh, I love him to death and blah, 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 blah. And I understand there's a, there's a little bit of theater in there, right? You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, at the end of the day, they're still politicians, right? So I don't hold that against Michelle. But it's just like, man, George W. was just a piece of shit. <laughs> you know? And he's like looking, he's like looking back and he's like, you know, I'm talking to my damn financial advisor. Uh, I'm talking to the treasurer. And they're saying, like, if we don't. Uh, bail the banks out. Uh, what's gonna happen? Well, it's gonna be a great depression, Mr. President. Well, then do it. That's what you gotta do. And it's kind of like, yo, man, like you can't just be like, oh, we got a hard decision. And I just made this decision. It's like, well, what, what led up to that, right? And so, one of the things that I thought was really interesting—not just the fact that we talk about how the housing market almost caused a great depression, but it also talks about how did Trump come out of this. Right, because two things ended up happening with with the the market crash was that um, number one, what they tried to do was they tried to get other banks and other big financial entities to just buy each other out. Right, so if you had like a failing one, you'd be like, all right, well, I'm gonna get Bank of America to buy these motherfuckers, which that kind of calms the market down. Because as soon as the government is like, all right, we got to step in, then shareholders aren't very excited about that, you know. So you basically had, like, a lot of this stuff that was going to start where, you know, the housing market kind of fucked a lot of shit up because you basically had uh, banks giving out loans that exceeded what the properties were worth. Like, they were just throwing this shit all over the place. It was just this bubble that that just needed to bust. It's just greedy as fuck, too. And so you had, like, this... Uh, Barclays Bank in, in London that was going to buy one of these banks here to kind of save stuff just a little bit. And then the London Bank was like, nah, we're not going to get into that. They said, we're going to be inheriting the, um, what did they say? Inheriting the rot of the United States. Something weird like that. And things kind of collapsed. So they started falling down a little bit. So there's a two-pronged thing that ended up happening. Was that the bailout, they needed to um, put the money in the banking system to stabilize everything, which I think it was like $700 billion, something crazy like that. And so when you have these big companies that publicly trade, whether it's McDonald's or something like that, if they don't have the money back by Bank of America, then you have people not getting paid when their checks come in. And you got like, I don't know, 30,000 employees not getting paid. So it's like this crazy thing that happened with that. Then there was a second prong thing that after Obama kind of got, after Obama got elected, where he's basically like, all right, now we have to take... You know, instead of taking just that money that we put into the banking system um, and bailing these motherfuckers out, we also have to put that money into the people. We have to put that money into the homeowner. We have to put that money into that community. And then that's where you got, like, a lot of folks like, well, if my next-door neighbor 
try to get a house with a swimming pool and three fucking baths, and he couldn't fucking afford it. Well, do you want to pay for that? I don't think so. You know, and there was this attack that was on Obama that was kind of ridiculous. And the reality of it was is that it's the same thing that we did to the banks. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like sometimes it's kind of cutting your nose to spite your face, where it's like if you embrace that kind of concept and say, hey, man, you know, this whole Reaganomic shit doesn't necessarily work, where the idea is basically saying, all right, let's take all this money and give it to the richest motherfuckers, and then when we give this money to them, and the tax breaks and all the shit to the richest motherfuckers, then they're going to, you know, spend more money on their employees and give them more, you know, give them raises, give them bonuses, and it doesn't really happen. It's just that they just inflate <laughs> the money for themselves a lot of times. So there needed to be money that goes to the people as well. And and the documentary kind of talked about when that happened, the populist um, revolt kind of started, and that's where the quote-unquote Tea Party came from. And that was kind of the birth of the energy that ended up bringing Trump into office, which I think is absolutely accurate. It's a populist thing where you run on, you run on anger and not policy. You just get people riled up and you don't have to have a solution for any of it. You know what I'm saying? It's like build a wall is not a solution. Build a wall is a chant. And you'd be like, all right, well, how how's that gonna happen? Oh, they'll pay for it. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't be dismissive with stuff like that. And 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 in comparison to like with the hip hop community, for the country to vote somebody like Donald Trump in, this is exactly the same country that can have a Takashi Six Nine. Like, what the fuck? And not to be bringing this guy up again because I think I talked about him at the last podcast. It just felt like you know it made sense to kind of bring that stuff up again to, to kind of, like, clarify some stuff. But, um, Anna, um, shout out to this motherfucking coffee. I got some red velvet coffee in this bitch. I broke my uh, a drink fast, though. I had a drink last week. I had a drink and a cigar. So that was cool. Like, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't like I was going to stop drinking forever. It was just that I wanted to treat drinking, ironically enough, the way I treat cigars, right? It's like, you know, you don't want to drink every single day. And that was happening with me. Like, I was going in crazy. And I didn't think I was because I was never, like, falling your face drunk. But I was pretty fucked up, you know. In a sense, because I'm a DJ, man. You know, I'm out and about. So when you DJ, they just hand you shit all the time. And you really don't think about it. You know, the time you get done, you had like 13, 12 drinks or whatever. And it's like, you know, eh, house shit. Like the, the cheapest of the cheap, you know. And you just find yourself kind of just falling apart other ways, right? You find yourself having ridiculous heartburn. You got to sit up, you know. <laughs> you try to jerk off your dick. Don't get as hard as it usually gets, you know. And you be like, oh, my gosh, don't let this happen when a bitch is here. Oh, my God. You know. So you try to play it off. Like, I'm going to eat this pussy like a motherfucker. Like, whatever, you know. You just get scared, you know? Um, but nah, so my idea was to treat drinking like a cigar. Have it once in a blue moon and have a really great one. So the, so my drinking is like, all right, I'm not going to drink often. I'm going to drink on special occasions, you know? And um, I don't know. I feel good about it. I feel dope. Um, I'm motivated to, to work on new shit. Motivated to write. Motivated to 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 create, you know? Um, have a couple of cool things that are coming out. It's like writing editorials is really weird now because it's like I want to be the point where I can write something on a regular basis, but then you kind of 
like you have to write when you're inspired, right? Like I've learned inspiration is really weird. It's like you can't force it. But a lot of times inspiration is one of those things where I look back and when there was a great moment with something and then I reverse engineer it. Like, all right, the last time you had a great fucking day, why was your day great? And you can be like, man, because I had brunch that day. Man, the weather was good. You know, man, I had a, I had a, you know, I went to the gym and worked out and felt good. Or, or man, my, my bank account was cool. So and you start saying, well, shit, all right. Well, when I have financial stability, when I eat brunch, <laughs> you know, when I work out, I feel really good. And your art has to be the same way. It's like, yo, when I wrote this song that I really love, what the fuck was going on? And then you look at those elements and try to, like, recreate Not recreate them, but, but give yourself a fighting chance, right? Give yourself the environment where that shit can happen. And I think what ends up happening is that there's a lot of shit that goes down where we don't have a fucking chance, right? So I'm working on increasing my chances with whatever I want to do and however I want to do it. So there that go. Is it 20 minutes? Eh, okay. What else do I want to talk about? <laughs> Oh, oh, I can't forget this. Yo, Enter the Spider-Verse is fucking phenomenal. Fucking phenomenal. Saw it the other day with uh, Bobby Blue Bland and my nephews, and it was incredible. My favorite movie of the year thus far um, until I see Beale Street. But it's like, I, I absolutely love it, you know? And... It was multicultural, and it was deliberate in a lot of ways where it showed relationships between a young black kid and his father, you know, whose father was the cop, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many elements to it, and it was just so fucking dope. And I remember saying to myself, I wish I had something like this when I was growing up, something this potent, because it was just incredible, and I think it's a fucking game changer, and I love it, I love it, I love it. And I read, like, some... um some blog that was like, oh, we we don't want to see this because we want um, Miles to have his own, you know, we want an all-black all one uh, spider the universe, whatever whatever they was trying to say. And I was kind of like, man, god damn it. There's no way you can watch that movie and not know that that movie was his, right? It was a black-as-fuck movie. Like, it was black as shit. You know what I mean? And it was just brilliantly done. And I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um... Aquaman comes out this week. I don't really have high hopes for it, but I'm going to go see it anyway. Here's what I don't like about the Aquaman trailers is that they're fucking full of one-liners, and they're all corny. <laughs> it's like, like somebody's talking to him. He's like, oh, you're that, uh, you're that fish boy. He's like, fish man. You know, it's like, what does it say? He's just like, you want them to be a king. It's like, I don't want to be a king. Well, you could be better than that. What's better than being a king? A hero. And it's like, oh, the other way, he jumps on the submarine, and he turns his head slowly. He looks back, and he's like, permission to get on board? Like, stop it. If the previews is an indication of what to expect, it's going to be corny as shit, and I'm going to watch it anyway and enjoy it probably at least 60%. <laughs> um, I want to see Clay Eastwood's mule, even though I feel weird. I've seen some reviews that said it's great. Some reviews said it's not great. And I think I probably believe both of them. I think the ones that think it's great, it's kind of like we romanticize 
uh, uh, Clint Eastwood. Me too, to a certain extent. It's like, I love Eastwood's history and all this type of shit and love uh, the Westerns and Unforgiven is one of my favorite movies. But I can't forget him talking to the empty chair. <laughs> you remember that shit? Well, Obama's up there. And I think we just kind of give him a little too much leeway because he's this great dude and he's operating at 90 and and nobody wants to be the person that badmouth Clint Eastwood if he's on his way out. And this might be his last movie. Who knows? We've been saying that shit for years. But um, there's some parts of it where one of the reviews is kind of like one of those, it feels like one of those old white men, woe is me movies where it's like, I remember the good old days. You know, Fox News, MAGA hat wearing ass niggas. You know, it's kind of like, I right, maybe this is what it is. I don't know. Um, But, you know, I'll check it out. It's Clint and it has a great casting that bitch um we'll just kind of go from there what else is going on um the nigga Famigos is trying to get Cardi B back and he's like walking on stage and doing all this stuff and it's just man who cares (laughs) I can't even I can't even pretend to care for two seconds or whatever like eh, it's okay yeah it's weird though it's like I've seen certain stuff, and I agree with it, where they're saying, you know, it's toxic that you're coming in, and no means no, and, you know, you should just leave her alone. You know, I get it, you know. Um, and, I, and I agree. It's like I'm not in a position to say anything. I think that if, um, if women are saying this is how that makes them feel, then I have to listen to them. But on the other end, when it does work and niggas come out and they be bringing, like, what's the fucking movie with uh, LL Cool J and then um, Dwayne Wade's wife? Oh, what the fuck is her name? Anyways, it slipped my mind. But uh, that movie, Deliverance from Eva, like I remember at the end of the movie, the nigga's like running up on a horse. And it's like, oh my God, that's so romantic. Oh my God, he cheated on her, but he bought her a car. Oh my God. You know, so it's like, we got to keep that same energy. So it's like, so when that shit does work, like what if Officer would have came on stage and all that shit, and, she, and Cardi would have cried and he would have hugged and kissed. Is it bad then? Like we, we have to figure out where those lines are, man. And I figure out my line is I don't care. So, you know, go do you have fun, man? Please, I have enough headache trying to maneuver my finances and trying to figure out like you know I'm not trying to figure out how celebrities that that have millions of dollars how you're gonna manage your love life. It's like man, shit. How am I gonna do some shit like that, dog? <laughs> like how you gonna take a girl out on a date and you can't pay the rent? Like that's some real nigga shit. Cause she eat a Totino's at the house. It's five for five dollars at Walmart. I got HBO Go. We can watch a movie. We can watch a, a Big Little Lies and eat some Totino's. Let's go. <laughs> she can't do that. I don't know what to tell you, brother. But um, but nah, man. I think I'm done, man. I've been working my ass off. I don't know when I'll be back here. Uh, hopefully, I want to be back when I have this new song out that I've been working on. Um. And that's about it, man. I just rambled for a little bit, but it's kind of good to get back on the microphone. And I really, really, really appreciate y'all motherfuckers that's listening. There's a lot more people listening than I thought, and y'all ain't telling me because y'all trying to front like y'all ain't listening, but I appreciate y'all anyway, even if y'all you know, hate listening, listen to it. Like, <laughs> like, I write for the publication in my city in Columbia, South Carolina, and there's a section called Rant and Rave, and uh, where it's just like readers just call in and just talk shit. Either they're going to compliment you about something or they're going to like, tell you how much they hate you and so like you know i'm working part-time at this record store and this guy comes in and he sees one of my shirts i got a print shirt on and, and he's like oh this is dope it's oh well here's one of my little postcards you know to order the shirt so one side has where you can order the shirts from and the other side has my name and like my information if you want to hire me for a dj and he looks and he's like oh you're priest jacobs i'm like yeah he's like yo 
they kill you in the rant and rave section. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> like every week, somebody's like saying some mean, nasty shit. But I told him, I was like, man, I don't read none of it. Like, even if somebody says something nice, I don't pay attention to it. It's like, yeah. Because I don't want to get caught either way, right? Because I, I don't want... I don't want to be swayed because you can hear a bunch of great press and blow your head up, and I don't want that shit either. So it's kind of like, you know, never as bad as they say you are, and you're never as good as you think you are. So if I keep that shit out of my ear, then hopefully I'm going to be as honest as possible with what the fuck I'm doing. And in saying that, I'm going to grab me some motherfucking Tussie. I'm going to get some motherfucking Murray's Pomade. And we're going to blow this joint. Once again, I go by the name of Preach Jacobs, thinking of the once again, I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. Thank you for listening to the Negro League Podcast. We are also sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing at mobettersoul.bigcartel.com. Type in the code NEGRO. Save 10% right now, bitch. Right now. Hoodie season. Get a motherfucking hoodie, bitch. That's all I got, man. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. Seriously, I love y'all. For anybody that listen, anybody that's ever listened to some of this shit, whether it's a song, whether it's a podcast, or said a, a kind word, um, text me to check on me or or a fan of anything that I've done, it means a lot. And I can't be honest about talking about dealing with depression and, and frustrations and shit like that if I'm not honest about the people that help you get through it. And y'all help me get through it. So thank y'all so very much for listening. Thank y'all so much for giving a fuck. Even if you don't give a fuck, you give a fuck by not giving a fuck. Because you got to listen to it at least once to not give a fuck. Aha! Uh-huh. Aha! Uh-huh. Anyways, fuck you, nigga. Love you.